All right. Come on, y'all. Let's celebrate that. God is, God is so good. He's so good. And um, I just want to say thank you. Thank those of you who have uh, taken the time out to uh, ever serve with uh, FSI through our Highlight the City platform. Um, we really do appreciate you taking the time and, and serving people. And, um, and just such a powerful video. Um, it's been a powerful partnership. We've been partnered with FSI for about two and a half years now. And um, our, our heart is to massage that partnership as long as possible. We know that God's going to open up more doors, but um, we want to be faithful in the little first before he opens up anything else. We don't want to get too far in over our head. So um, the idea here is, is that we can't do everything, but we can do something. And so that, that, that's our something. And um, I, I love it how she connected the fact that um, as an outreach organization, they can't talk about certain things. Um, so for two and a half years, we have cleaned buildings, we've painted, we've done yard work, we have set up um, uh, events for them and all this stuff. But we've only had just a little progress in client to church interaction. And they're just now beginning to open that door. And uh, because, you know, you can feed someone, you can you can give them clothes. But if you don't give them Christ, um, it's, it's kind of null and void. So I love that they have that understanding and, and God is opening that door. So we're excited about that. And so, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into the scripture. We're going to go to Second Corinthians chapter nine and uh, to buy me some time, and because I love our new guests, let's put our hands together for our new guests. Thank you. Yes, good. <laughs> cool. I'm looking for my, uh, I think someone took it, but it's okay. Second Corinthians 9, 1 through 7. It says this here, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving. Uh, Minister of Giving for the Believers in Jerusalem. I'll give you context after we read uh, this, the verses. Verse 2, for I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. So this is Paul. Paul is the, really he's the lead pastor of the church of Corinth. But he's writing a letter back to this church. Um, he has since put other leaders in, in place at Corinth, but he's, he's the lead pastor, the lead apostle. And um, he's saying, hey, you, you guys started being generous, but you, you didn't finish it. You, you promised you'd send this offering to the churches in Jerusalem, but you, you didn't finish it. He said, I was so excited that uh, I started to share with you about what you were doing to churches in Macedonia. So Macedonia is in northern Greece. Uh, Acacia is where Corinth is. They're in southern Greece. And so um, he's going to build this out a little bit more. And I love it. It says here midway through verse 2. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. So he's essentially saying it's your faith that's going to put other people on fire. You're going to light other people up. And you did that. He said you guys started giving and they follow right behind you. And he says this here, but I'm sending these brothers, these, these other pastors there, uh, to be sure you really are ready, as I've been telling them, and that your money is, is all collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. We would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment, 
if some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't ready after all I had told them. I mean, I love scripture. It is so real. Like we, we, we get here, you know, in the scripture, Jesus loves you and he died on a cross and salvation is by faith alone through grace. You don't have to change your life. You, you come to God just how you are. It doesn't matter what you did last night. God loves you, and that's, that's the greatest message in the world. That's why we exist as a church. But I love it because the Bible is also so real, and the fact that you'll keep reading, and you'll see things like, guys, I'm your pastor. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> Don't embarrass yourselves. Like, it is so, the Bible's boring. No, you're boring. This is good stuff, man. Come on, come on, come on. Give God's word a praise. So he's saying, don't embarrass me, you know. So verse 5, so I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift. I want you to want to give, um, not one given grudgingly. Remember this. This is a, a kingdom principle. I'll be building this out here in a few minutes. He says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. The word generous means above and beyond. Above and beyond. And he says this here. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So context Paul is encouraging the church in Corinth to collect an offering for struggling Christians who are being persecuted. They're poor. Um, some are being murdered, uh, locked up. Um, he's, he's encouraging them, send this offering over to Jerusalem. Uh, he's also making a, I won't say a political move, but he's also making a, a move to restore race relations or to create a bridge because the Corinthian church are Gentiles. They're not Jewish. And uh, the Jewish people always believed we have God, no one else. So he's saying if you send this offering, you're going to close that gap on the relationship. And you're going to create peace uh, with, with another ethnicity group. And so he's also making a, a, a move to kind of close that, that, that race gap there. Um, Corinth has a thriving economy. Um, at this time right now, a lot of theologians believe that Corinth has the most booming economy in all of Rome. Um, they, they sit similar to a place like the DMV. The DMV is, in fact, the, the, the state of Maryland is the richest state in the union. Um, the money is here in Maryland, so I don't know where you're trying to move to. It's here. The money is here. The Four Seasons, it's, it's all here. I want to go to Florida. No, you don't. It's 85, and it rains during Christmas. I don't, I don't understand that. Oh, you moved here for a Yep, I sure did. The money's here. So <laughs> don't look at me with a, with a face. Don't look at me. It's here. So I love that. The church started giving, but they haven't completed the act of generosity. And so uh, if you go back to the chapter before for more context, Paul talks about how the churches in Macedonia did not have the means, but they were still generous. So he made this comparison. I mean, he's putting it on them. He's saying, you want to be great? I'm going to just pour it all out and let you know the honest truth about how to be great a greater house series. And so in light of that fact, Paul is encouraging them to take this step of faith and to finish what they promise. I want to bring a message to you entitled a greater church. 
a greater church. Um, it's already began to happen. Um, there's this consumer mentality, not just in America, but all throughout the world. And honestly, it's the reason why 5,000 churches are shutting its doors forever, every year. And it's a consumer mentality that's crept in. It's a mentality that says, okay, I'm here. Man, but this is brick and mortar. There are pews. The guy wears a robe. It's glass stain on the walls. Like, I don't think this church is for me. Or uh, we walk into a small storefront, maybe 50 seats. The AC is broken. It's humid. The pastor's yelling and he's spitting. It's like, Jesus, I don't think this is the church for me. And or we'll come to a school where they set up and tear down, pipe and drape, put out the seats, uh, amazing worship, pastor's eye, <laughs> kids' ministry is awesome. I still don't think this is the church for me. And it's a consumer mentality. It, it's, it's when I come to church, give me, give me, give me. Um, but that's not what Jesus taught. It's so contrary to uh, the Lord that we claim to follow and serve. Um, a great church is a church where everyone who comes, they don't come in with this idea of what can I get? Pastor, feed me, bless me, encourage me, fill me up. Give me a, give me, give me a 40-minute breakfast one time a week, and I won't feed myself throughout the week. It's not that mentality. It's, it's I come to church to give. That, that's really, that's fine. We can, look, I'm going to just make this clear. I told the 930, I expect a lot, of, a lot of Tiger Woods golf claps today, you know. Tiger hits the par, par birdie. That's, that's all I expect today. That's all I expect. Because um, it, it's, it's going to get tight, then it's going to get good. So, but I, I believe that we are a great church, but we can be greater. And, um, and, and that's, this, this is where Paul is attempting to push the church in Corinth to be greater. He even said in, in, in chapter 8, he said, you thrive in knowledge, you thrive in entertainment, you thrive in all things, but in this area you lack. And um, a church is, is not just a building. A church is made up of the people. The word church is actually ecclesia. I got some note takers. And in the Greek, that means called out ones. Those who are called out who profess and gather in the name of Jesus. And um, so when we come together with this mindset and mentality to give, we become a great church. I, I'll say this. I'd hate for someone from FSI to come to highlight and they find a lot of selfish people. I hate for that. It, it, it defeats the purpose of even serving. But if they were to come and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to finally try church. If they were to come and, and, and someone would say hello and someone would pray and someone would give and someone would ask, do you need anything? And someone would come up to them next to them because worship is a little weird. You know, like, oh, my God, it is loud in here. People are crazy. If someone were to come up and say, no, it's okay. This, you know, I'm going to worship right here next to you. They would stay. But when we all come into church with the mentality of, oh, my week, my week, my week, God bless me, we are slowly dying as a church. And so I want us to be greater. I want you to grow. I want to grow. I want this thing to grow numerically. We're going to be adding a third service in January. We got places to go. We got to stop playing. So Paul is saying, stop playing. Let's finish this thing. You said you would give, give. And so 
a greater church. Here it is. Here's my thesis. A great church or a greater church is a generous church. And so I'm going to offer up a few thoughts from the text. Number one, many start, but few finish. Many start, but few finish. I love it that every year as a church, we, we've committed, and you've, you've heard me say this before, but it's culture, it's, it's, it's vision, it's language. Every year, we give 10% of every dollar that comes into our church. The first year, we gave 12.6% at $13,000 to all things outreach. Uh, last year, we gave 20,000, 27 grand. That was right over 12%. Uh, this year already, I don't know if the general offering is going to uh, be at the 10% level. We've already given almost $50,000 as a church. We can clap for that. But so much to the point where a couple months ago, uh, end of the summer board meeting, our board was like, you guys, you, you give away <laughs> too much. It's a good thing. But we were at 18% of offering. Uh, and that's our offering that we gave into the community. The, the point is, is this, is that you see increases every year, and it's simply because we're focused more on finishing than starting. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't easy, but it was easy to start the church. It, it, it was easy to, to get this thing off the ground. It, it's easy to, to start a relationship. It, it's easy to start your courses. It's easy to start a new job. Yeah. But it's not always easy to finish. It's easy to get married, but it's not easy to not just stay married, but flourish in your marriage. We know this to be true. It's easy to stay married, but to finish is the point. And my prayers is that highlight would be marked by finishing. I, I hope I, I just I hope and I pray that by the time I'm whenever God calls me to pass this church on, that, that we would have at that point, you know, oh, man, we gave 10 million to outreach. We served 100,000 hours. There are over 20,000 souls going to heaven. There are over 10,000 baptisms. We baptized 3,000 yesterday. We're all about the finish. Life should always be about the finish, not the start. And I love what Paul said to, in 2 Timothy right before he was about to get his head chopped off for, for Jesus. He said this. He said, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And he's telling the church in Corinth, finish. You started giving. You started tithing. You started serving. You started coming to church. Wherever you are in your faith walk, you started. Finish. Finish it. Finish it. Let's be marked by how well we finish. Number two, willingness precedes winning. Willingness precedes winning. Many of us want great, but we're unwilling to sacrifice or give greatly. Growth starts with willingness. I, I, can I, I'll take a, and I'm going I'm to come back. I think we give Satan way too much credit. Amen. Satan has no power over you. Satan has absolutely no power over you. Maturity starts with willingness. Increase begins with willingness. Excellence begins with willingness. You have to want 
You have to get up every morning and have the will to to make an impact, have the will to make a difference. Uh, Generosity is not about ability. It's not about what you have in your pocket. It's not about what you got in the bank. It's not about how talented or how gifted you are. Generosity is about a willingness. It's about saying, I'm going to get up this morning and I'm going to change someone's life. I'm going to get up this morning and I'm going to give to someone. I'm going to get up this morning and I'm going to encourage someone. I'm going to get up this Sunday and I'm finally going to sign up to become a superhero so I can grow in my faith. It's all about a willing. Well, I'm going to wait till my baby is three years old and I'm going to wait till I get a new job and I get Sundays off. No, tell them you're not working Sunday because God comes first. It starts with a willingness. Willingness precedes winning. What area of your life do you want to win? Well, stop making excuses and start winning. And he's telling the church in Corinth, I want you to give willingly because God blesses will. He blesses will. God, let me, let's put it to you like this. God, uh, God loves you. We talked about Christ a little bit here earlier. But large in part, anything that's going to come into your life extra beyond God's grace, his strength, him loving you, all that stuff, anything extra that's going to come into your life starts with your will. Can I even, this may be deep and some some of you may, may even not agree with this theology, but let me tell you this. In certain instances, watch this, human will is more powerful than the will of God. Is it not? Does not God want to feed the church in Jerusalem? But what's stopping the offering from getting to Jerusalem? The Corinthian church. And so Paul is saying it's your will or your lack thereof that's causing you to lose. So if you want to win in an area, be willing. (laughs) Make, make, Make the right decision. Be wise about it. Willingness precedes winning. Here it is, Isaiah 119. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat good in the land. You shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing, it's going to be all good. You see that? It starts with the will. It starts with the will. This is why when Satan entered the garden, what did he work on? Their will. It was at one point they were aligned with the will of God. Obedient. No, we don't eat from that tree. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't eat from that tree. Oh, you know, the Lord knows in the day that you eat thereof, you're going to be like him. Well, following, if following the will of God is hiding something from me, and if, if it's keeping something from me, from me, maybe I need to change my will to not be the will of God. It was their will that has produced everything that we live in today. So, so willingness precedes winning. Be willing. Here it is. Here's a, here's a kingdom principle. Give a little, get a little. Pull that verse back up for us. Um, amazing production team. Verse 6, um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Give a little, get a little. You give a little study time, you get little understanding. You give a little effort, you get little results. You give a little encouragement, you get a little encouragement. 
You, you, you can, maybe you have, say you have $1,000, right? This is very simple. Say you have $1,000 in your checking account right now, and you leave church today, and you deposit 100 into that account. There's no way that you can have the expectation unless you have a banging account, and it just multiplies overnight. Like, let me know what kind of account you have. <laughs> There's no way you can go to the bank Monday and expect to pull out $2,000 from that checking. You only have 1100 you gave a little, you get a little. You give a little, little breakthrough. Little opportunities. You got the interview, but they didn't call back to give you the job. Little break. Oh, I got the interview. Yes. Woo, Lord. God is good. He's good. Got the breakthrough. How was the interview? Oh, the interview was great. They should be calling me back in two days. They should be emailing me with an offer. Sorry to inform you, you did not get the job. Little opportunity. You give a little. Here it is. This, this is something. You get little trust from God. So, so Paul is saying finish the offering. But let, let me encourage you as you prepare in your heart and your mind for this offering. As we prepare next Sunday for, for this above and beyond offering. Remember that because you, you're praying for a lot of things in 2020. You feel as though a lot of doors have been closing on you in 2019. Paul is saying you have free reign. But I'm going to let you know this because I'm a loving pastor. You plant a little seed, you get a small crop. That's how it works. I was listening to this amazing um, teacher this week, uh, Miles Monroe. He has since passed away and went to heaven. A pastor in the Bahamas, this man was beyond his time. His teaching is relevant today. It's only because he stole from Jesus. But... um, he said, it was, it was so profound, um, he said that Jesus, and I understood this, but beyond what I'm going to say, beyond this sentence, it was him. He says that when Jesus came, he didn't teach the law. Jesus was the law. He'd explain it from time to time, but he was the law. We break the law every day. There are over 600. Thank God for Jesus. But he said Jesus taught kingdom. So he taught the kingdom of heaven. And that's why when he taught, he said that to the disciples, when you pray unto God, say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when Jesus was baptized and he came out of the water, he was inaugurating the heavenly kingdom. And he said, if you would live according to the principles of the kingdom, you'd see supernatural results in your life. Now, with all that, um, a kingdom has a king, and that king is Jesus. And he was saying, um, I've never had a chance personally to meet a king, but now I know what to do. And so Jesus said, um, where there are two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Right. Jesus is here right now. Miles Monroe said, when you have a chance and an opportunity to meet a king. He says, you always bring a gift when you come into the presence of a king. You always come with a gift when you come into the presence of a king. That's going to ignite something. What is that going to ignite? He said this. He said, you can't outgive King Jesus. Why? Because when you come into the presence of a king and you bring a gift, he said, at that point, that king has to express his glory. And you're not going to outgive a king. So the, if, ooh, someone called that. If you give little, all you can expect back in the mail from that king is a thank you card. But if you go big... 
that king is going to return it into your life. So I just I want to let you guys know as you prepare for next Sunday, as you because we're taking our uh, end of the year offering, you're not giving to me, you're not giving to to a, a, a you're, not, you're giving to King Jesus, and Paul is just trying to let them know there's not just blessing in store for the Church of Jerusalem. I want you to be blessed through your act of generosity as well. That's a loving leader. So you give a little, you get a little. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You can't expect to give a little and get a lot. He said, it just won't happen. He says this here, you will always harvest what you plant. Okay? Well, and it leads to this, give a lot, get a lot. Give a lot, get a lot. I always love this time of the year. Because not only are many of you going to bring your offering next Sunday, you're going to start to practice a value in your life that you've never practiced before. And that's the biblical value and principle of putting God first in your finances. It's called tithing. It's called tithing. And so a lot of you, you, you may go out and ask before you give your offering or you start tithing next week into the new year. You may go and you may ask somebody, should I tithe or am I supposed to tithe? And some prevailing puffed up minds will say, no, tithing is the law. That is far from the truth. That is an incomplete truth. The tithe was practiced before the law was installed. Abraham, the father of our faith, tithe before there was even a law because he understood there's a kingdom principle locked into tithing and God blesses tithing. But next Sunday is about bringing an offering above and beyond the tithe. What I love about you practicing this new value of tithing every time you get paid is that consistency equals frequency. Now watch this. When you think in terms of farming, um, if you sow once, you can expect one harvest. But if you continue to sow, you can expect more of a harvest. So the more you sow, the more harvest will grow, rightfully so. But the more you sow, the further out over time it will continue to grow. This is what I mean. God is still blessing you all on a lot of offering that you gave earlier in 2019. He hasn't even started blessing you on certain tithe and offering that you gave in June. He'll start that in 2020. So the more consistently, the more frequently that you tithe, the more, the more harvest you can expect over a longer period of time. You want perennial harvest, year-round harvest. You don't want biannual harvest. You want year-round return. So Paul says this. Pull that verse back up for us. 2 Corinthians 9 halfway through, but the one, 2 Corinthians uh, 9, verse 6, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Universal principle. Universal principle. And and I love what what Pastor Mal said. He said, um, if you bring a gift to a king, He says, that gift, you ought to fill it. You ought to fill it. Like, Jesus, we've been saving that for six months. He said, if you don't fill it, it's not a generous generous seed. You got to fill it so he can express his glory. If you want him to return it greatly, 
you got to feel it when you, you got to feel that thing. There have been years that we flush out our savings. Feel it. God, you calling us again? Yep, I am. Because the growth of the church, the faith of the growth in the church starts with the pastors. Feel that thing. But God, but God, why the offering got to be the week before Christmas? <laughs> Question is, is why are you trying to give Santa your money before you give it to Jesus? Tiger Woods hit a birdie. Okay, that's good. So we're praying about moving it to November next year. I, I am. We're praying so we can like have like a December Christmas and it'll be great. So, um, but it'd be before uh, uh, other other things uh, take our. But yeah, let's not give Santa before we give to Jesus. These are the words of Christ. So we're we're setting a precedent now. That was Paul. Here comes Jesus. Uh, Luke six thirty eight. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. So that's the starting point. That's who God is. I love this. Here it is. Press down, shaking together to make room for more. So not just return, but to make room for more. Running over, poured into your lap, like, oh, my God, God, like, oh, man. And he says this here, the amount you give will determine the amount you give back. Those are the words of Christ. Okay? All right, so now we're going to start to lower the plane, and it's going to be good. Y'all okay? All right, good. 930 was good. You guys are good. You guys are good. Um, Here it is. Your giving should match your joy. As a parent, I love it when my children take joy in sharing. And God is the same way, especially that five-year-old, because he's so selfish. Like, he's so selfish, right? Like, but, but some of us are five-year, you know, spiritual babies as well. Like, we're so selfish. But I take joy when, when he gives and when he shares, so does God. Like, and when he enjoys sharing, it, it's such a good thing. This is what I want to encourage you with, especially for those of you who are really praying about next week. I'll illustrate it this way. If your joy is here, but you feel God or you're compelled to give here, don't give here. I'm even safeguarding me right now. Don't give here. No, a lot of hell, you better obey God. No, don't give here. Don't pull it on down to your level of joy. Paul told the church in Corinthians, God can't bless someone who, oh, I got to give it. Oh, oh. pastor said we got, he been preaching about it for three weeks. Got to give it. No, no, because God can't bless it. It's not about the vision or God can't. But if your joy is here. And you're like, I'm good right here. Nah, you know you ain't happy. You know you need to give more. Go ahead and match that gift to your joy. Tiger Woods. I'm, I'm just telling you. There, there have been years where the past two years we'd be like, I'd be like, babe, uh, we can bump it a little more. She's like, yeah. But that's about it. She's like, yeah. Our joy is fulfilled there. Right? But, but don't, don't give beyond your joy, because God wants to bless you. Okay? Now, let's get into some promises. Y'all ready for this? A great church, great promises. Paul is not going to leave them hanging. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 says this, And God will generously provide all you need. 
Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. There's a, a verse in Proverbs that says, if you want God to owe, well, it does say that. It says, give to the poor and God owes you. I mean, think about that. that that's, a, that's a crazy concept or idea to think that God can be indebted to you. But when you give to people who are less fortunate than you, God owes you. And so Paul is, Paul is saying that here, verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. Last week, we're stewards. He's the source. Then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So what Paul is saying to the church here is, is as you give, God gives. 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 You stop giving, he stops giving. You'll never have another need in your life because it's flowing through you. And he says this here. um, Yes, verse 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So here's another point. God isn't giving to you just so that you can ball out. There is another verse that says you should enjoy what, your, 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 your blessings. You should go out to eat. You should take vacations. You should go to the movies. You should hit up Dave and Buster's. But that's not the only reason God blesses you in light of week two's message. Y'all okay? But he's saying God blesses you so that you can continue to be generous. And he says this here. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers who prove that they are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. I would say this, no matter what we give as a church... Yes, we want them to come to church. Yes, we want them to know the Lord. But as long as they give the glory to God, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Let me give you a few promises here. Number one, the generous will always have more than enough. Always. It's right here. You're always going to have more than enough. Personally, we've come to discover the more generous we've been, the less we've worried. The more generous we've been, the less we've worried. Because it's God who brings the return back into your life. It's gotten to the point now where, where God will lay our family on someone else's heart. We, we don't even ask. God will, in, in time, he'll lay us on someone else's heart. He'll lay this church on someone else's heart. There was a first-time guest, um, week one of A Greater House, 930 service, where um, we preached that message, and uh, this gentleman stepped outside. And um, Chris helped him with his offering. Um, and never going to mention names. Chris helped him with his offering. And um, he, he, he said, uh, how can I give? And so he got into his phone and he put the, the amount and he put zero, you know, he put a couple zeros there, a couple extra zeros. And Chris was like, you sure you want to, <laughs> you, you sure you put the right amount of zeros? He said, yeah, I love this church. I'll be back next Sunday. First time. First time. He'll put the church on someone else's heart. If he can't get it from within the church, he'll bring someone from the outside and put it on in. 
That's what God will do in your life as you remain generous. Number two, it's your destiny to lend to nations. It's your destiny. I've been telling my team for, for four years now that I know it. I know it to be true. There's going to come a day when, when a family, a woman, a gentleman, whoever is going to come in here, and they're going to hand one of the team members a check, and it's going to be all crinkled. I see it. It's going to be all crinkled up and say, here, I want to give this to the church. Just put it in your pocket. Give it to the offering. And we're going to go back and count it, and it's going to be a million-dollar one-time check. I know it. I know it. I, I've heard of it happening before. I have friends where it's happened. I have, we have, he, Paul, Paul, Paul compared churches. There are churches in America that are our size, a little smaller, a little bigger, who give crazy. And, and, and these are the churches where the people are growing in their faith, where when they read the word, God talked to them. When, when they pray, God heals. When they worship, God shows up. When they worship, miracles happen. That's why Paul made the comparison. He was trying to tell them, Corinth, get out of this little mindset. God is really moving in the world. He's really moving, but it's when you open up, it, it happens. And I know for a fact, I know it, I know it, I know it. And when it does happen, we're going to be able to do more. We're going to be able to bless more. We're going to be able to build schools. We're going to be able to help people. We're going to be able to feed people. We're going to add something on to BAK. We're going to be doing it. We're going to be doing it. I know it. I know it. I know it. He's faithful because it's our destiny to lend to nations. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens. What? And will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never borrow from them. That is every individual's destiny in this room today. You won't be in debt all your life. You won't struggle all your life. You will be the head and not the tail. The lender and not the borrower. That's God's promise as you remain generous. He he, he promises you to put you above and not beneath is what he says. As you obey him and as you remain generous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our vision has always been as a church, local and global. I'm, 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 I'm happy to mention that in, in 2021, we're slated to send our first international missions team. So if you're still here and you're interested in building churches and sharing the gospel and teaching babies and showing people Christ across the seas, I just had an amazing phone conversation with an organization we're about to partner with. But in 2020, before we send people, we're going to start giving. I'm like, God, we're already giving. Well, I'm adding another organization because you've been faithful. And now we're going to go global. Jesus said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other ends of the earth. So he said your city, your region, your nation, and the world. That, that's the kind of vision we're on, what Jesus was on. Yes, the generous will increase in influence. I love Psalm 112, verse 9. It says, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered into eternity forever. 
they will have influence and honor. Influence comes from what you give away. It comes from what you give away. And there's not a person in here who doesn't want a greater level of influence. You know, can, I, I want to impart this to you. For those of you who aren't, like, uh, at the top of your business or, or wherever, there is a way to lead up. There is a way to get the favor of, of the person that's above you, the team, the, the supervisors, the organization. There's a way to lead, lead up. Give more. Give more of your time. Give more of a good attitude. Give more excellence. Then God's going to find you, and he's going to promote you. He's, I love that verse. It says, they will have influence and honor. As our giving has increased, so has our influence. Because God understood, if I get them something and they give it away, I can trust them with more. And not just more money, more people. How do you even begin to get into the presence of a king? By giving more here. Influence. Influence. It's on you. And for my, my young people in here, my, my teens and my low 20s, you, you can start this now. You can start giving more time now. You can start being more generous now. By the time you're 30, devil better watch out. And you're not just top dog because you fought for it and you were dirty and you connived and you undercut and you took shortcuts. You're top dog because God can trust you and your life is blessed and you got more than enough and you're traveling the world and you're changing the world because you started when you were here in obscurity, being generous, being good, serving, giving it all. And the next five to 10 years can be totally different. I'm I'm, I'm, a li- I'm telling you, I, I've told this story before. When, when my pastor gave me that broom when I was 19, and he said, here's the keys to this little storefront church. I need you to show up an hour on Sunday and an hour on Tuesday before everyone shows up. I need you to sweep this place. And I was telling you the other night, I don't know what, what it was that was in me. This is not self-glorying, but I don't know what it is. I just, uh, okay. He said, because I see something in you. And I know you're going to med school, but still, I, I see influence on your life. Yeah. But in order to build that influence out, here's a broom. And it is when we stop being generous with our time. It's when we stop submitting to a process. It's when we stop being rooted in the local church that we cut our influence short. But I think I'm speaking to a greater church. I think we're ready to sacrifice more in 2020. I think we're ready to serve in 2020. I, I, I think. A greater church, a church that gives. Jesus said this, Luke 16, verse 9. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, then when the hearse is pulling off and there's not a U-Haul attached to your body, they will welcome you to an eternal home. These are the words of Christ. Use worldly resource to benefit others. And make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. 
Why does your influence increase? Oh, the earthly stuff I was just preaching about, that's good, but it's temporary. Why is it important? Why, why does it increase? Because when you get to heaven, you're going to have people who walk up to you and who, oddly enough, you won't know. And they're going to hug you and jump on you and do all kinds of weird things that you probably won't want them to do. But they're going to be so happy because it was your offering that enabled them to know who Christ was. And they're going to say, welcome home. Come, I want to I I take you. Let's go meet Jesus together. Thank you. It was your offering that got me to know Christ. You, you heard this lady. The world is, is dying for Jesus to be shared. They love what they do at FSI. But she said, we can't share faith. We have an eternal opportunity and obligation to understand that when you give your offering, you're not giving to a pastor, you're not giving to a fund, you're giving as an investment into eternity. So next week, as we prepare for our offering, I ask that you would pray. Let's pray and Ask the Lord what he will have you to bring. Let's not maintain. Let's push the vision forward. It's going to be such a glorious time. Also, I have a big announcement I want to share with you. So whether you're going to bring your offering or not, at least come to hear the announcement. It's going to be awesome. Let me tell you something. God is always 10 steps ahead of us. It's going to be great. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you, God. We thank you for words that build our faith. We thank you for words that call us to trust you at a greater level. God, I pray that you would give us the grace And prepare our hearts, God, for offering Sunday. As we look to advance the kingdom of God in this city. Lord, I know that you're gonna you're gonna move unlike you've ever moved before in our lives in 2020 because of our trust. Your word declares it, God. You you said it, Lord. So with every head bowed, if, if you don't know Jesus today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to make him the savior of your soul. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're hurting. You're in pain. Maybe you haven't made the best decisions. But he is a God of love and forgiveness. He separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. And he throws our sin in the sea of forgetfulness. He doesn't remember it anymore. So I want to encourage you to pray right there, just under your breath. We're not going to repeat after me today, but if you're going to come to Christ, just pray. Repeat this after me, not out loud, just right there in your seat. This is between you and the Lord. Father God, I love you. 
I thank you that you're gracious. Today, I am giving you my heart. I'm giving you my life. And I ask that you would forgive me for my sins. Thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross so that I could have a relationship with the Father. Fill my heart with your spirit. I am yours. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, celebrate. Love you guys. See you next week.